Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Now it's time to take a sports break, a look at sports history on a daily basis. Hello, my friends of sports history. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your place for all things great in sports history. And welcome to another edition of your sports break, where we will talk about some of the greatest events for April 27th in sports history. And we have a lot of them to talk about, some great Hall of Famers, some great stories uh, from the big three in sports. And uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. But before we get to that, let's make sure you're aware of how to get in touch with us, because we'd love to hear from you. Love to have your feedback, your criticisms, your critiques. Hey, some things that maybe you'd like to hear on the show and maybe some history. Maybe you'd like to come on the podcast and, and tell us some sports history of your own or connection or part of your collection. We'd love to hear it all. Uh, we, we are at pigskindispatch at gmail.com and would love to hear from you. We answer each and every email proudly and uh, love to communicate with our listeners. And Let's start off in the realm of baseball with some Hall of Fame birthdays. We don't get to start off that way very often, and we should, because we have a great one today. How about Rogers Hornsby? He was born April 27, 1896 in Winters, Texas. Baseball Hall of Fame second baseman. Rogers, also known as Raja, played on the St. Louis Cardinals from 1915 to 1926 and again in 1933. But in between those times, he played with the New York Giants in 27, the Boston Braves in 28, Chicago Cubs from 29 to 32, and the St. Louis Browns. And he batted 358 for his career, had an on-base percentage of 577 with 301 home runs. And he was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1942. And what a player he was. We also have Enos Slaughter, you know, the, the great uh, man that was born April 27, 1916 in Roxborough, North Carolina. He was an outfielder and wore the number nine on the St. Louis Cardinals from 1938 to 1942. And again, after some military service served his country, we thank him and all of our veterans that have served uh, to keep us free. Uh, played again for the Cardinals 1946 to 1953 after the Great War. 13 seasons total, he batted 300 for his career, on base 453, 169 home runs, and many would refer to him by his nickname of Country. He was inducted into Baseball Hall of Fame 1985. On the hard courts, we have another big name, and this is one that many of us have seen play. George the Iceman Gervin was born April 27, 1952 in Detroit, Michigan. He is in the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Gervin played in the American uh, Basketball Association for the Virginia Squires uh, back in that great league. And then when they merged, he played in the NBA with the San Antonio Spurs uh, for a total of 14 seasons, I believe, uh, if you total his ABA and NBA together. And he averaged 14 or more points in all of those 14 seasons. Points per game, that is, 14 uh, he his NBA average was 26.2 points per game uh, for his career. In 1996, Gervin was named as one of the 50 greatest players in NBA history. Quite an honor for the Iceman. 
and George Gervin. Now, let's go into the football realm, talk about a few of our birthdays for Hall of Famers. And we have a great one from the College Football Hall of Fame from 1887 on the 27th of April, Macon, Georgia, Frank Juhon, who played for the Sewanee team as a center. Uh, Frank, according to National Football Foundation's website, was a center on offense and the first player in the South to play the new then position of roving linebacker on defense. Great all-around athlete, also competed in track, boxing, and baseball. Uh, played football from 1908 to 1910 for Sewanee. And the team went 18-4-3 with victories over Georgia, Georgia Tech, Auburn, Alabama, Vanderbilt, and Louisiana State. You know, that's uh, beaten most of the big boys from the now SEC. Sewanee was definitely a great team uh, back in the day, a national powerhouse. Uh, George, or Frank Juan went into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1966 after the National Football Foundation tallied up their votes. Another birthday. This one also from the South, the Alabama Crimson Tide Center from 1960 to 1962, Leroy Jordan. Uh, was born in uh, April 27, 1941, in Excel, Alabama. The National Football Foundation shares that Leroy arrived in the, at school a year after legendary coach Paul Bear Bryant started his head coaching duties for the Tide, and the two helped take Bama into football prominence. And as in 1960, Jordan's sophomore year, Alabama went 8-1-2 with a three-all tie against Texas in the Blue Bonnet Bowl, and Jordan was voted the most valuable player in that game. In his senior season of 62, he became a unanimous All-American. And Alabama sported a 10-1 record that year and a 17-0 victory over Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl as Jordan made 30 tackles in that contest. Man was all over the field. And he went into the College Football Hall of Fame in 1983. So a couple of great uh, football birthdays from the, the date of April 27th. Now, we have some excellent events in sports history that also happened here. And we'll try to throw some jersey numbers in there as well. April 27th, 1926, Mel Ott, who during his career were the numbers of 3, 4, and 5, but not until after 1932 when numbers became uh, uh, mandatory on players. He made his first appearance in a game on that day in 1926 where the Giants had a 9-8 win over the Philadelphia Phillies. And in 1930 on this date, it sounds really crazy, but the Chicago White Sox first baseman, Bud Clancy, didn't handle the ball at all in a nine-inning game against the St. Louis Browns. Wow, how can that happen first base and you don't even touch the ball? The Sox won the game 2-1 to one with not one defensive touch by their first baseman. Pitchers Alphonse Thomas and McCain recorded eight strikeouts while the rest of the defense of the Sox created the rest of the outs. That is just a tremendous thing. I don't know if we'll ever hear of that again, uh, but we have a great newspaper clip uh, from the Associated Press and the Lansing State Journal from newspapers.com posted on jerseydispatch.com for this April 27th. And in 1961 on the 27th of April, the NFL officially recognized the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, and that museum's opened up soon after. 
Now, we have some great baseball and uh, some great friends in baseball that we love to reference. And one of them is the thisdayinbaseball.com website. If you haven't visited their site, make sure you do. They have some uh, great information on daily uh, play as well as many great other great articles. And we'll just grab a couple from their date of April 27th. And uh, we take one from 1929. The Brooklyn Robins relief pitcher, Clyde Dudley, hit a home run on his the first major league pitch that he ever saw at the Philadelphia's Baker Bowl. On April 27, 1971, Willie Stargell of the Pittsburgh Pirates hit his 11th home run in the month of April. He was on a tear in 1971. That was one of the reasons that the, the Pirates uh, ended up winning the World Series that year. Him and Roberto Clemente had a great uh, one-two punch there. And uh, the bat was well, some other great players on that team as well. And uh, that's uh, our inspiration we got. Like we said, there's dozens of uh, April 27th uh, references on thisdayinbaseball.com uh, great inspiration that uh, we love to look at each and every day and we invite you to do it as well and uh, you know they can be found at thisdayinbaseball.com and our friend Jay Daniels has a great baseball site that we love to visit his 80sbaseball.com talking about some of the great uh, events in Major League Baseball from the 1980s decade and he has a whole bunch of great things with some excellent uh, photos and images and baseball cards and all kinds of good stuff there and he mentions that a, a big transaction happened on april 27 1984 where the houston astros released J.R. richard bringing an end to the career of the guy who looked like a, a lock to be a hall of famer earlier in his career so kind of a a moment that uh, you know kind of shocking to the world of baseball and uh, you know another big day uh, that Jay Daniel points out is that Fernando Valenzuela uh, threw his fourth shutout in five starts when he beat the San Francisco Giants by the score of five nothing and uh, Jay points out that at that point in his career Fernando uh, allowed only one earned run and 62.2 big league innings there's plenty more uh, April 27th history and history for every day of the year on Jay Daniels 80sbaseball.com and uh, remember he is the author of that great book The Suds series that uh, we talked to him about uh, a couple months ago and I highly recommend that book as well and our next stop is a stop over at nba.com pick up a little bit of basketball uh, inspiration here for the date of April 27th and here's a couple items that uh, caught my eye. April 27, 1983, San Antonio Spurs guard Johnny Moore, wearing the number double zeros, handed out 20 assists at the time a playoff record in the Spurs 126-109 win over the Denver Nuggets. Now Magic Johnson, number 32, and John Stockton, number 12, now share the record of 24 uh, surpassing that 20 made by Johnny Moore. But back in 1983, it, uh, that was a record there, and it uh, stood for a few years. Uh, April 27, 1984, number 11, Isaiah Thomas, and number 30, Bernard King, engaged in a great playoff shootout in Game 5 of the 1984 Eastern Conference first-round playoff series. It was won by the Knicks, 127-123, in overtime, 
but what a thrilling game it was, especially these two players going at it. King scored 12 of his game-high 44 points in the final 5 minutes 12 seconds of the fourth quarter, but Thomas stole his thunder by tallying Detroit's final 14 points in a span of just a minute 34 to send the game into that overtime session where each star had four points in the OT. And there was a quote that came from Pistons coach Chuck Daly at the time who said of Thomas, quote, sometimes Zeke is magical and you saw it tonight, end quote. And indeed he was. Uh, some magical moments from the NBA.com and some nuggets of the day history and they have plenty more there too, uh, not only for April 27th but for the rest of the, the year and uh, some great things there, especially with the playoffs going on. We didn't find anything from the world realm of hockey uh, pertinent to today, today that we could use for April 27th, but I'm sure we'll have some coming up here as the, the playoffs are heating up and go back in Stanley Cup playoff history, and uh, we'll find some magic there in coming days. We thank you for joining us today and uh, joining us for the, the football, baseball, and basketball history that we could share with you today in the jerseys and paying tribute to these great players that uh, make the game so much fun to watch in current times and remember from the past and uh love to do it here sportsjerseydispatch.com is our website and pigskindispatch.com we appreciate you and uh till next time everybody have a great sports history day sorry but my pitching coach just called timeout he's coming out to the mound i think i'm going to get yanked for a reliever we'll see you back tomorrow for some more great sports history on sports jersey dispatch podcast we invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com. Not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.